Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that has served northern Colorado for more than 50 years. In the car business today, inventory is scarce and new cars are harder to come by than ever. But Peterson Toyota has new cars coming in daily and they're supporting their local customers in giving first priority to Fort Collins and surrounding city residents. Now you can buy cars online through Peterson's Smart Path system. You can easily find your vehicle, customize payments, apply for financing, finalize your purchase, and then schedule pickup or delivery. See the new to certified pre-owned vehicles Peterson has to offer and their knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the one that is right for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Canalamessa. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by Mike Rowe and CJ Onyechi, our NIL partner, CSU defensive end. He is just so fantastic uh, to talk to. Really sharp, really well-spoken. Uh, a lot of good thought in it, in the, what he says, and uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this partnership as much as I am. He does a great job with the CJ's endpoints, written stuff on Ram Nation, and as you'll see in our interview coming up, I'm sure he will be awesome uh, during that as well. But um, you know, we're almost a week past uh, the Nevada game. It was awesome to get off the Schneid, um, broke the the losing streak. Um, I won't rehash too much of it since we're almost a week past it, but, um, you know, just a few quick thoughts is the defense obviously was so, so good. I know some of the fans are discounting it because Nevada just isn't that good, but um, I'll choose to praise uh, what I witnessed as the best defensive performance we've seen in years, um, regardless of who you're playing, because we've had some not such great performances on defense against some pretty bad opponents as well. So the pass rush was relentless. Um, There was only two sacks, but you had eight quarterback hurries. Nate Cox just looked unsettled for a lot of the night. Didn't have a very good game at all. Also had eight tackles for loss. Four of those were by Mo Kamara. The guy is just an absolute beast. He's a uh, first team all mountain West guy, no doubt. And then you had some real nice surprises with a couple of younger guys, sophomore transfer, Aiden Hector setting the tone with a great pick six. Um, I mean, that's just that that is just ball hawking. The guy made a great play on the ball and then returned it to the end zone, set the tone, let everybody kind of take a deep breath, relax and say, hey, we're playing with the lead for the first time all year. Um, and then you had redshirt freshman Mukendi Wakalonji uh, taking just what was really a bizarre pitch from a Nevada running back. He was guy was going down. I don't know what he was doing, trying to pitch it back to the quarterback, but it went right to McKendy, uh, who he had some great moves uh, and looked very nimble as a defensive lineman going to the house. So, And one thing I wanted to say about Aiden Hector, I had wondered why he wasn't playing more uh, so far this year. From everything that you read about him, I know he got in trouble when he went for, went to Stanford. He was cleared of that, but um, you know he transfers to Washington State. Didn't get a lot of playing time there necessarily. Uh, transfers to CSU. And when you look at his, all the accolades that guy had coming out of high school and all the offers that he had, I mean, he was highly coveted as a defensive back coming out of high school. And he just thought, you know, here's a chance to start anew at CSU. Uh, I thought he would be thrown into the lineup much quicker. And I would wonder, was wondering why they were not playing him more. And you kind of got a hint of why that was when you heard Coach Jay Norvell's comments after the game, 
actually maybe it was in the Monday's press conference, but he had talked about, you know, he played much better in the game than he played in practice. And they're trying, obviously, to reward guys who play hard, play well in practice uh, before they put them in games. But you know what? There's just some guys that perform in games no matter what. They live for games. They perform in games. They may not be the best practice players. Um, and you got to kind of recognize those guys. And here he was in his first game kind of getting some action, and he was a difference maker. The guy was all over the field, ball hawking all over the field. And, you know, I think maybe it was uh, the coaches erring on the side of just trying to, to reward guys and, and make an example of guys who are playing well in practice, performing well in practice, working hard. I mean, you look back at BVP who was not – a, a great practice player, but when he played in games, when he stepped on the field in games, he was a difference maker, right? He was a gamer, he was a competitor, and I and I kind of see that from Aiden Hector. Anyways, what was tormenting about this um, game for me was I was actually with my family at Disneyland, and so I was trying to avoid all news about the game, not like I would have seen it from anybody there, but obviously I, I get a lot of texts during games, so I'm trying to completely avoid it. Um, you know, and you, you every now and then your phone will buzz and you take a quick glance so you can kind of clear it from your phone. And and I knew from the amount of texts that I was getting that it was either really, really bad or actually good. Um, and one of the texts I got said, wow, or holy shit or something like that. And and um, and I knew I had a sense that something good was happening. Um, by the time I got back to the hotel. I flipped on FS1 and I saw probably, I don't know, nine, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And at that point, Nevada was driving and they just tied the game. I'm like, I am such a jinx uh, that as soon as I turn on the game, things go south. Um, but it was great to see them compete. It was great to see as ugly as the offense was. It was really good to see Braden Fowler, Nicolosi kind of step up a, a, a young, true freshman in a really tough situation lead a drive. Um, he, 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 uh, leaned quite a bit on Tory Horton there. Um, uh, a couple big completions Tory did, you know, took the ball and ran on a couple of those after, after the catch, um, some, some big, big plays to set up that field position, uh, gave yourself a, a chance to, to win the game. And obviously we had, we got a little bit of a break with the running into the kicker, but, uh, Michael Boyle to his credit buried, uh, buried his, his second opportunity there. And, and you win the game. So, and then the um, the post game celebration, uh, which we will ask CJ about because he was the one that was recording a, a really good one on Instagram Live. But uh, that place was rocking. That that uh, high school, middle school looking locker room uh, was rocking, and it was great to see the players experience some success and and enjoy themselves. So they know there's a lot more work to be done. Uh, they know that it wasn't a real pretty performance, but gosh darn that they need that win. So now uh, the offense is turning to Giles Pooler, a redshirt freshman quarterback this week, because, well, quite frankly, um, they, they said that Fowler Nicolosi kind of got banged up in that game, which he did. He took some hits, but he also didn't look real steady, real had a lot of Happy feet, didn't look comfortable in the pocket, threw a lot, kind of fading away off his back foot. Or I did not see him set his feet and, and deliver a ball, I'm not sure, once all night. So um, that's not, not a recipe for success. He probably needs a little more seasoning. And so they're going to try the redshirt freshman, a guy who's actually a transfer from Kentucky, left-hander, um, not very mobile, certainly not as mobile as Braden was. But Coach Mummy has said that 
Giles understands the offense very well and and believes that will kind of give him an advantage over uh, what we saw last week with Braden Fowler Nicolosi. So um, we'll see how that pans out. He's been lauded as a leader, you know, which is interesting to say about a Richard freshman quarterback. But uh, we'll see how he does. And Utah State, they did not. They've looked really bad a couple of games this this year, but they are playing better with Cooper Legas under center. Ever since he took over against BYU, they played BYU tough. Uh, BYU is pretty pretty darn good this year. Uh, went in, went on the road there and uh, played them tough, but um, uh, before they faded away, and then he went and got a win versus Air Force last weekend. So Air Force looked like the front runner to win win probably the league this year and um, was Utah State's way of saying, hey, hold on a second. We're the defending champs. So uh, they are looking better, but, you know, they're going to come into a crowd that should be into it, a homecoming crowd. We should have a pretty full canvas stadium. You got a Ram team that finally has experience winning. You've got a defense playing very well, and you just now need to get some semblance of an offense. And there was some good signs. You had Avery Morrow running the ball very well. The offensive line is playing so much better, especially with the return of the two Dantes. They they have looked much better protecting the quarterback. I think we've only had four, uh, three sacks in the last two games now after an absolute disastrous uh, first three games of the year when they gave up 23 total sacks through the first three games. Just an incredible number. Um, so they are playing well, and they actually were were moving the line of scrimmage and, and opening up holes for Avery. Really good to see that. Now, if you can just add a, a quarterback who can complete some passes, unfortunately, Clay Millen is still out uh, at least one more week. It's unfortunate because that guy was completing passes at a 70% clip. And if you had that kind of stability and, and accuracy in there, um, you know, I'm sure that that would have been more of a, a blowout against Nevada last week. But um, you, you need some better play from the quarterback position right now, uh, now that other pieces are coming together. So uh, looking forward to that game. It is going to be a really fun day. Homecoming always is. Game day at Canvas always is. So um, hope to see a bunch of you out there. Lastly, uh, before we bring CJ on, just absolutely horrible news on Isaiah Stevens. Uh, breaking his foot. He's going to have surgery. They are saying it's not a season ending injury, but have not kind of given a time frame. They basically just said he will be gone for an extended amount of time on the absolutely optimistic side. I would love to get him back by December 8th, uh, which would allow him to play against CU and Boulder, but that's only eight weeks from now. So not really knowing the full extent of the injury and what kind of recovery time he needs that probably looks way too optimistic. Maybe you can get him back uh, in my, I'm hoping that you can maybe get him back later December, maybe for the Naismith basketball hall of fame game, the Jerry Coangelo classic in which the Rams will play USC and Phoenix on December 21st. But at the very minimum, we maybe can get return for just most of Mountain West play. You know, we'll take him for whatever we can get him this year and Mountain West play begins December 28th. So that gives you basically 11 weeks from now. If you haven't read it yet, Steve Ivey of Crackers College Hoops blog uh, had a great take on all of this. Obviously, everyone's devastated by it, but kind of ran through what it means for the team and kind of look at some of the positives of how this is kind of going to prepare this team for life beyond Isaiah Stevens. Obviously, losing Isaiah is just a killer because he's a top 10 guard in this country. And uh, with Roddy leaving, this was kind of the, the calming presence that you needed and a guy that just runs the floor. He's able to to deliver passes, deliver, get guys open, deliver easy baskets, make game winners. He's great at the buzzer. So a lot of things you lose there, but um, it's going to force 
Taffy Jackson into a bigger role than, than he would normally have had this year. You're probably going to see Baylor have both of those guys kind of split in time there at the point, And you're going to have to find some scoring from other guys. Um, John Tanjay is going to have to have a great year. You're going to have to rely on Jalen Lake. Isaiah Rivera is going to have to be stronger. So it's going to have to be next man up and it's going to have to be the whole team kind of stepping up in the absence of Isaiah until he's back. So you feel just awful for Isaiah. The guy is a an exceptional player. He's a great representative of CSU. And not only that, as Swole pointed out in his blog, this is a guy that could have transferred. You see all these transfers in our football program. This is a guy that could have transferred and not just transferred, but gone and commanded a $500,000 NIL deal wherever he went. So for him to stay shows he is a loyal Ram. He's a great Ram. And to have this happen to him sucks. It sucks for him first and foremost. So we really hope that Isaiah gets better. Um, really enjoyed. We've enjoyed our conversations with him uh, on this podcast. He is a tremendous student athlete, tremendous person. And uh, I know he'll get through this and hopefully when he's back, he'll be the the spark that this program needs to, to make a run at the conference title. All right, before we bring in CJ and Mike, let me tell you about Ginger and Baker. This is a fantastic place. Two great restaurants, The Cash, which is a modern Colorado steakhouse offering steaks and chops, fine wine, good whiskey. And the other is The Cafe, which features a new take on farm-to-table American comfort food classics. Ginger and Baker has a coffee shop, a bakery, event spaces, a market, and a teaching kitchen as well. So if you're looking for something new and fun for the holidays, why not book a private cooking class in the teaching kitchen? It's perfect for holiday parties, family or friend gatherings, or even team building. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at Ginger and Baker. It is awesome and you will fall in love with this place as I did. All right, happy to welcome in our NIL student athlete partner, Rams senior defensive end CJ Onyechi. First of all, buddy, uh, it's great to have you again. We've really loved having you on this partnership so far. We're getting a lot of great comments from fans on your CJ's Endpoints features and your, your first podcast you did with us uh, a couple weeks ago. So I know people appreciate hearing from you each week, and we love being able to get you on here as well. So appreciate it, man. Uh, definitely. Thank you guys for having me again. I know we're not kicking oh, in tens of, tens of thousands of dollars, but hopefully <laughs> money we're able to, to send you for your work, get you a few me- meals here and there at some of your favorite spots you talked about last time. For sure. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. definitely, definitely huge things. Uh, been hearing a lot of good things from uh, from our fans. Like, I mean, they're, they're loving what you're putting out for us and what you're putting out on the field, too. So th- uh, huge things, huge things. No doubt. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Well, um, so some of these questions, I know uh, you you some you answered a little bit in in our Q and A online, but uh, you know maybe we can dig in a little bit deeper on some of these. But um, first of all, congrats on the win. Um, what did that mean for you personally? I know it's been a grind, and then you know sometimes when a team is struggling and you get that first win, kind of get the the lid off the roof there, it can take a huge weight off and open the gates for more success. So what did it mean to you guys? Definitely. Um, it, it meant it meant everything. It was a, it meant a lot for real. Um, I think in our first four games, it got a lot of it, some of the younger guys, you know, you know, a little depressed, a little sad, thinking that we weren't like a good enough team. And that's why, you know, a lot of people even ended up started leaving. But I think just the case was we played a lot of great. We played four great teams. That's just the, the business of what it is. 
and the Mountain West just is not going like that great this season. Even though I, I want to put more emphasis on us, even though they were like not the best team we played, I feel like this was the first game that we played together as a team and that we actually, you know, did our jobs instead of worrying about someone making a big play that's going to save the day or something like that. So I think um, that gave us a lot of confidence in our skill alone and just moving forward, you know, we could trust our skill, trust the scheme and know that it's going to work and that we could, you know, compete with anybody we play. I know you talked about this a little bit as well in that piece, but how important was it for you to get this win for coach Norvell? I know you, you speak highly of him and I know it meant a lot to him. And, and so yeah. how big was it to get that win for him? It was huge. I mean, that was, that was my whole real mindset behind the game. You know, that was my whole fuel behind the game, listening to what they were saying in the press and, you know, um, even some of the Nevada guys that were like just sharing with us their experience with everything. It was just like, I don't know. I didn't appreciate that for one. And then going there, all the stuff that went wrong, even just in the beginning of the game, you know, from our locker room being far away, like literally all the Nevada guys on our team literally never seen this locker room before. They was like, There's, this is not our usual away locker room. So they really went to their furthest extent to put us in a bad locker room, you know, that's five minutes away from the stadium. Um, you know, things like that were just like, it was just, you know, it just fueled us to, you know, play even harder for coach because coach, you know, has been nothing but great to me, gave me a chance out the portal. And is honestly, you know, I've, I'm loving this last year that I get to play under him because, you know, he's just a great guy and he actually cares about his players. So, you know, we definitely played that game for him. I want to talk about the locker room celebration because I caught you on Instagram live and, <laughs> and um, it was so funny because you kept saying, I think, I think you said I was going to, you were going to pass out, <laughs> but everybody was just going berserk. It was great to see you guys happy. I mean, it's, I mean, that that's what it's all about is, is after all the work and, and so many weeks of not experiencing success, you guys finally got that big win and, and to see everybody letting loose was awesome. Uh, yes, talk sir. about how fun that was, man. That was those are the experiences you can't pay for. Like those, those are one in a million experiences, and it was just amazing. Especially how much you know that game meant to us to come out with that dub was everything, and just getting lit in the locker room. You know, one of our coaches took his shirt off, started dancing. Our special <laughs> teams coordinator. So it was just a great. Um, environment it was you could see the brotherhood in there you could feel the love in there coach Nevelle was even was close to tears saying that it was his like his greatest victory yet and we just hope to give him more victories that's the whole plan where did that uh blow up trident come from I know that Nevada's got their uh their turnover trident is that why you guys <laughs> had that thing in, in the locker room it was funny about that actually when we were leaving the field after uh our boy might hit that final uh final field goal we, um, you know, we were running off the field, celebrating, and some of the fans were still, you know, booing, still coming crazy, and they were throwing things, and they threw that. They threw the trident, and people were just walking over it, stepping on it. And I was just like, no, let's take this and put it, like, make sure they know that, you know, we got that, and we got that dub. So, so um, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny how we actually got that. So, <laughs> That's awesome. I gave I gave it to Tori though because he's you know it means more to him than it than it does to me. <laughs> yeah, um, you had, you had mentioned that 
coach, uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Freddie Banks was all over you guys in practice and preparation for the game. Um, I mean, you, you in particular, and Mo just relentless in your pressure of Nevada QB quarterback, mm-hmm. Nate Cox. Um, tell us about that week of preparation. Um, how coach was on you guys on the defense. Um, and why were you guys able to elevate the performance, particularly in that game? Uh, coach definitely would definitely was hounding us. Um, Coming off a of bye week, we had a lot of time to really go back to the basics because he felt like that was a big, important part for us because, you know, the first four games, we're kind of getting away from what we've been, you know, coached and what we've been, um, what our, like, standard was on defense. So that whole bye week, you know, we were just going over basics. It kind of even felt tedious at some points, but it was it was necessary because, you know, we wanted that to become our standard again. We wanted – and it's, it's been happening this week as well. So I'm, I'm glad we did that. And, you know, as we got into the actual game week, Coach, like, as he came from Nevada as well, so he was on, like, he was on us, and he was just telling us how much this game meant and just how much we have to work because there was going to be, like, plays for us to make, just like we did. Like, um, Mukendi had that thick six that they call it. I like calling that in um, – Aiden Hector had that pick six, you know, those are two big plays that we had because I feel like we worked so hard this week to, you know, get the quarterback off the spot, make him make bad plays, make the running back make bad plays. And that was one thing we focused on a lot was taking, making their bad plays as our advantage. So I think we did that very well. You, you played the big, big 10, a conference known for their rivalries. I mean, they, every, there's a million trophies in that conference. Yeah. Um, what was what was this game rivalry-wise compared to some of those games that you you had played in before? For sure. Um, it was. I definitely think this was way more, you know, powerful. If, if, if that's a like, for lack of a better word, it was just. It meant more. To me, I ain't gonna lie. It, made, it, way, it meant way more to me. I mean, in the Big Ten, I'm not gonna lie. We went to Rutgers, so we haven't like we didn't have that much success over the last over my tenure there. But so we weren't really rivals with anyone. No one really thought, you know, thought too much of us. But here, um, you know, we have these. Uh, this game meant a lot, especially outside of football, like things like you know, coach leaving there and coming back, coming back here. Um, and then obviously the smack talk they were talking about in the press and the Twitter fingers, we like to call it, of people talking about on social media and not really saying it face to face. So it was a lot of like stuff like that that made it the rivalry even more personal, you know, other than just like football. And I feel like that's what's the, for the rest of our games, Air Force, Wyoming, all those big games that um, we play. It's, it's more it's more than just football. It's more it's more about like. Colorado and the pride that we have in our school and, you know, not letting anybody just talk crazy about us basically. So yeah, it definitely meant more. You know, you've mentioned, um, well, you mentioned the, the walk from the locker room and how you were kind of getting berated, berated by fans. Um, uh, I, I've, I maintain that those are the worst fans I've ever encountered. I've, I've been to Reno a couple of times and been to CSU mm-hmm. games there and they are just ruthless. Uh, mm-hmm. I figured Friday would be worse because of the situation. Um, did anything ever get out of hand? Um, anything along the way from the locker room? Or is it just the normal fan <laughs> stuff? 
it was um I would say like during the game it was normal fan stuff you know they were talking smack it was a little like worse because they literally like are in our faces there's no like gate or anything just one rope in between them and us so you know some of the more you know intoxicated fans were like a little more reckless you know saying reckless stuff but nothing that I hadn't heard before but after the game you know there was a couple you know mad fans when we were walking back and they were just talking 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 and at that point you know coach coach before the game told us about having composure so before the game in the, at halftime I really wasn't saying anything but you know after the game after we had won you know that composure it's over with at this point so we're you know we're going back and forth with some of the fans it's still innocent but it's just like you know we're we're actually talking back now like and it was it was a great experience, honestly. Like those are the experiences. Like this is the games that you play that you play football for, you know. So, how about during the game um, with some of the extracurricular pushing and shoving, late hits? There was one in particular. I think you mentioned in the in the write up, but um, that they did not call mm-hmm. on Tory. Um, and then you know smack talk from Nevada fan, uh, Nevada players. What what was your experience during the game? Um. There was definitely a lot of that. A lot of the pushing out to the play. I don't like. I don't like stuff like that because that can lead to injuries. And I'm and I, I don't like stuff like that. Like play play with uh you know do everything on the field. But when it gets like off the field, make sure everyone's safe. Like he, they could have injured their own players with that Tory play because they he ran out of bounds and one of them knocked him over. And you know they made it seem like oh he didn't they didn't see him coming but you know. When you run, when you watch it back, he literally lowers his shoulder and tries to drop him. And well, then they were know, celebrating too about. And it. then they celebrated. Celebrated and laughed yeah. about it. Yeah, they celebrated and laughed about it, which was even worse how they didn't call it after that. But you know, Tory's a dog. He didn't care about that. He knew that's how it was going to be the whole game. All the Nevada guys knew that. You know, so you know we were expecting stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, on my part, I tried. Like I. I I was right back with them, talking smack, doing all I could to get in their heads because that's what that's a, a part of the game too is mental. So talking smack to them does a lot. And it helped it made, helped us and it made them play off the game. So, yeah. well, so this has been a big point of conversation um, in the media with fans, especially. Mm-hmm. And you've had some real eloquent things to say about it because you are in the unique position to, to talk about this. But um, we've had a few. We've had. I think upwards of 12 departures from the team um, guys that are transferring a few in the past couple of weeks on the defensive side of the ball, including starters. Um, and you just had one yesterday say he was leaving Devin Phillips. who you play alongside um, you've been diplomatic, you know, on, on your teammates transferring because you were a transfer yourself. But in my opinion, the difference is you transferred at the end of a season. Um, yeah. What do you make of teammates transferring midseason uh these are not guys looking for more playing time these are guys that are actually starting and they're bailing on their team for something else what are your feelings yeah. on that i mean the only feeling i could really say was just it was kind of hurt like it, it hurt a little bit to see you know my guys that I've, I've been balling with since i got here you know who i had like complete faith in who i got my all my trust in you know it just feel like they needed to leave. It hurt more because they didn't even really talk to me about it, especially since I've been, you know, in the portal. I've experienced stuff like that. So even if they had just, like, questions about that, I would have been able to tip them in. So sometimes a little bit – it was a little bit of hurt, you know, and 
But I'm also, again, I, I like, like you said, I feel diplomatic about it because, you know, I haven't been here for four years. Some of these guys have been here for four years, five years. So, you know, they've been through the ringer with three coaches and I don't know what their experiences have been. I don't know what's going on like in their personal lives and probably made them make these decisions. So I try to lay off on like, you know, the negative talk to them. I hope I wish them the best because those are my brothers still at the end of the day. I'm not, and that's not going to change forever. So, um, you know, it, it just, it hurt a little bit. And I, I know, um, I know that it hurts some of the younger guys too to see some of the leaders leave, but um, you know, we're just in that next man up mentality. And uh, you know, now that some, some of the guys left, some younger guys have a chance to shine and, and I hope that's what they bring to the table as we get uh, move on to this, the rest of our season. Well, let me ask you this. This is something that someone on the Ram nation message board had, had brought up and someone asked me to ask you this. Um, but <laughs> do you think that personally there's any, potential tampering going on are there coaches out there that might be reaching out to to guys on teams like at csu where it's been a struggle and they might be low-hanging fruit to say hey you want to come play your last season here transfer mm -hmm. now save a year of eligibility and come play for us we're competing for our championship next year whatever mm -hmm. um do you think that any of that stuff goes on have you seen any um i haven't seen any of that i haven't heard any of that um mainly i feel like um Maybe some of the other guys feel like, you know, going to, you know, maybe like a, a like a higher division program or maybe a P5 program, you know, will help their chances, to, you know, go to the next level. Um, and that's why and that's where I wish they, they like asked me for some advice, because I just know that, you know, that P5 level is a lot of it's a lot of political stuff that goes on that's more like that you really have no control over as a player, you know what I'm saying? So like the opportunity that I have here, I could say is more than you'll get out of P5 just based off politics and how like you kind of have to swing through those hoops and do all that stuff. Plus, you know, do your academics plus do be a baller on the field. So that's more stuff you have to work through. And I feel like here, like they kind of eliminate that and make it more on just the ball, which is why I appreciate CSU so much. So, but I don't, I don't think there's any temper or anything that I, I haven't seen any of that. I think it's just guys' personal experiences and, you know, they have, yeah, they have their own personal experiences that, you know, not many people out there might see. There's a lot that happens under the scenes. So that's what I, I think is what motivated them. Now you brought up you brought up the younger guys. Last week we had about around 20, 20 freshmen in the in our top two on on all sides of the field. How how did they react to that game? I mean, you're looking back. You, I mean, you've seen the game film by now a lot. Moving forward, how did how do you think those young guys reacted in that big test going into Nevada? Um, well, for the guys that played. I think they feel a lot more confident. You know, some of them got thrown into the fire um, and they performed well. Like, I, I think they did well for, for guys who have never played a college football game and kind of were thrown in there to a, into a rivalry game. I think that's, I think that's like impressive as itself. And then they also did their thing. They balled out, you know, um, I'm proud of my guys. They're doing their thing. For the guys that didn't play, I think they, they found a lot of hope and they, they knew that, you know, 
there's a future here. So I think they're there's they're in the right mindset. They want to stay here and build it up, you know. So I feel like them playing and them experiencing that win was 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 great on all on all levels. Now you you look at yourself, you look at Henry Blackburn, some of the other older guys uh, on the team on the defense that are that are sticking through. Like, how does it feel knowing that you're the leader and you're the ones that are going to bridge that to what I see is going to be a lot of success at CSU? Um. I would say it's very humbling. Like it, it makes us feel very like it makes our relationship stronger and it makes, you know, us feel more confident as players. Like even Henry, like, as you brought it up, I mean, Henry's a dog. Like he played all last game with like a messed up ankle and then he messed up his other ankle. Like he, he's, a, he's just a dog and he's still practicing, still balling to this day. And I'm proud of him. I'm proud of like all the guys like Jack who are playing through injuries, playing through stuff just because, you know, they care so much about this team. And, and I think that's, that's, that shows a lot to the younger guys as well. And it shows a lot to the other guys on the team. Like, if this guy's playing for me through all he's going through, I could give a little bit more. I could give just a tiny percent more, you know what I'm saying? And then it, that goes on, that goes on, that goes on, and it creates, a, you know, a great defense and a great team at the end of the day. So I got, I got one more question about the game. So mm-hmm. late in the first half, we had him pinned down, and you made a great tackle. Uh, quarterback tried to scramble out. You stopped him, pulled mm-hmm. him back. A couple yards behind the uh, <laughs> first down marker. Yeah. And uh, referee points first down. What, what was going through your mind on that? <laughs> I, like, I'm not going to lie. In the moment, I was like, because honestly – to be hundred percent real, I misfit that play. Like I was a misfit on that play. I did the wrong stunt and I went over a gap that I was supposed to. So the, when the quarterback went, I ran my ass off to get there. And when he, I looked at, I like, I saw before the play where the sticks were. So I, I thought I had tackled way before and I just pulled them extra just to, to make sure. So that call, I don't know. Like, I didn't hear any of my guys complaining about it I, on the field. Like, we were kind of just like, next snap, next play, let's go. But watching it afterwards, I was like, wow. Because that drive really was a big drive because they ended up going down and scoring. And, you know, that took a little bit of – like, they gave them a little momentum going into the, um, the second half. So, looking back, I was just like, I can't believe they missed that call or I don't know how they did that. But, I mean, the refs weren't that great the whole game. So, I mean, it's – it's nothing I didn't expect for real, but you know, we came up with the dub, so that's that's really all that matters. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right, so so are you gonna score this week? And that's Is it the gonna goal. be your I turn. Be, I, I believe I believe in the in the fact that if you get if you get stuff in practice, you're gonna get in the game. I got a couple of fumbles today and a couple of picks this last uh this last week of practice. So you know, we'll see where that takes us during the game. Nice. Nice. Well, you, you had mentioned uh, Henry. Um, he had had some pretty pointed comments on uh, players are either on board or they're not really. And mm-hmm. um, is kind of was alluding to the fact that, hey, it's good that the players who are not bought in are gone. Um, and he's kind of alluded to the fact that the team is bonding because of it. So is Coach Norvell. He's kind of mentioned that and saying mm-hmm. that the team is strengthening. Are you witnessing the, uh, the team kind of strengthening amidst some of the departures and kind of a bonding of the guys who remain? 
For sure. I definitely see it like that. Um, uh, yeah, I like, I feel like since people are, uh, have left, like it's also causing some of the younger guys to play as well. And, you know, as, as younger guys are playing, they need the older guys to, you know, teach them, to influence them, to uplift them. And I think we're just all kind of doing that right now since we've had a lot of people leave. So I feel like our groups are so tight, tight knit right now. And you can see it throughout all the position groups. Like there's bonding, like you could even see us staying more at the facility longer. Like guys don't want to like, aren't just like leaving right after practice. People are staying back, going together, watching film, you know, doing more interactive stuff as a team. And I think, I think that's something that probably wouldn't have happened with the, some of the guys that were that chose to leave because, you know, forever, whatever reason, you know, they left. Um, and like Henry said, if you're not with us, you're, you're not with us. So, you know, right. So uh, yeah, I think, I think it definitely has bonded us together and I can't wait to see what it helps us do these next couple of weeks. Well, there was a sentiment on the message board that the uh, fans wanted to, wanted me to relay their thanks to you for playing hard, being a leader and, and sticking with the team through thick and thin. So uh, I wanted to pass that along. Yes, um, the staff announced uh, whether yesterday or sometime this week that uh, Giles Pooler was going to get the start at quarterback mm-hmm. as someone who goes against him and, and each of the QBs in practice. What, what does Giles bring to that position? Man, Giles, I feel like he combines uh, both of what are the two last quarterbacks um, have, like, you know, he gets the ball out quick. He's a good enforcer. He's a leader on the team. And he, you know, he's a good decision maker. Um, he's a young guy, but he's also, he's on our leadership council. So he, he leads his group. He leads the team. So I'm not worried about him, you know, you know, doing things that like are just out of the blue. Like he's a, he's a structured kid and he knows what he's doing. And I really can't wait to see him play the ball because I, I joke about with him all the time. You know, we always go back and forth when we're at practice. He's a he's a funny dude. And I, I just know when he like when he gets in there, though, he's serious. Like he's he's always in the film room. You know, he's always doing the right things. And now that he has his shot. I can't wait to see what he does. How about the OL? They've looked drastically better, uh, particularly in the last game. Uh, I think it, it helped dramatically that they had. Uh, they got Dante Bivens and Deontay Keys back. What um, what have you seen from the offensive line the past couple of weeks of practice? Um, I've seen a lot from them. They've grown so much, you know, because we were those first four games. We were kind of like hounding them, you know. The media was hounding them. Everyone was basically on the, on them, and like I I didn't really hear them, you know, like complain or or say much. They kind of just put their heads down and got to work. Um, and, you know, they had a lot of, like, like injuries, like I said. And now coming back, I feel like they're more – I don't know what the words say. They're just more locked in on their jobs and their assignments. And they communicate way better than I have. Even on one-on-ones where we do, like, games, like pass rush games and stuff like that, they communicate very well to pass off, you know, blitzes and pass off stunts and stuff like that. So – I'm, I'm very confident in how they're playing. Even some of the young guys that are, have stepped up to even go in there during some of the injuries, you know, they've all stepped up their game. And I think there's going to be the sky's the limit for them as they go on during the season. Well, you got homecoming up next. Stadium should be near capacity. Um, you're facing a Utah State team that got off to a slow start this year, but they just beat Air Force. Um, mm-hmm. 
watching the film of the Aggies, what are you expecting from their offense? Um, well, we're, expect, we're expecting them to throw the ball a lot. You know, they also have a good running back um, who, who actually, he actually handles the rock very well. And he knows what, what he could do. And their O-line, their O-line is young, but they do have like some good, some good players. Actually, their uh, left tackle, he's, he's actually very good. So I've been keying him a lot this week. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, they are a struggling team. They're, uh, there's opportunity there on the field, as we see. He's like the quarterback has given up a lot of interceptions so far. Um, and he's a second string, so he's not, you know, he's not their main guy right now. So, you know, he's not as experienced as their other guy was. So, I mean, I'm, we're confident as we go into this game. We feel like we have a game plan that's, that's going to, you know, effectively stop the run and, and, like, get them to throw the ball, which is where we execute very well. We get to pass rush and do our thing. So, you know, we're very excited for this game, homecoming. You know, we'll have all the fans on our back, you know, helping us get to this win. And we want our first home win to be this game. That would be something epic. We want to celebrate with all the fans at the end. So, yeah. Has anyone brought up how last year's game ended against Utah State? Yeah, actually, at Rutgers, when I was at Rutgers, we watched the ending of that game as kind of a like, oh, you know, as a yeah, as a kind do of not a, do this. Know, yeah, kind <laughs> of. A, <laughs> let's learn from this situation, um, and I know that that haunted them last year. That kind of like was a big game for the season and kind of from there it was kind of like downhill. So we, we really didn't mention it a lot this season. I think coach brought it up once, um, like in the beginning of the week, like we're like that, take that out your heads. Don't think about that at all. And he hasn't brought it up since cause we're a different team like than we were then. We know, we know about situations like that and how to control them. Um, our special teams coordinators have done a good job teaching us how to do that. And, you know, we just feel like there was a lot of mistakes made in that game. And if they really hadn't made that game, it shouldn't have been even that close. So our emphasis was basically making sure those mistakes don't happen. So, yeah. Well, that was a that was a chance. CSU was going to had a chance to go three and in conference if they would have pulled that off. And instead, they went on a 10-game losing streak. Meanwhile, Utah State went on to an 11-3 season. They won the Mountain West, and they got a bowl win. So that was kind yeah. of a – that was where everything kind of twisted right there. So um, Definitely. maybe yeah. this is where things can turn for this program as well, a string a two-game winning streak together. Definitely. That would be amazing. We're going to do what we can to make that happen. Go ahead, now, you, you talked about going back to the basics last week and how, how, how well that worked out. Um, mm-hmm. How are you seeing that with this week, especially with the younger guys and going into a, a team that's going to throw the ball and, and, and does have a solid running back? Um, I feel like going back to the basics helped us, you know, go back to our, our base techniques when it comes to, like, teams who, you know, who rely heavily on pass and stuff like that. Because we played um, – we played a lot of passing teams, like uh, – Michigan was really the only like predominantly right, run team, run team. Every other team has really just thrown the ball on us. Um, so we feel like that was where our biggest struggle was, even in, even in our pass rush as Dean Lyman. We felt like we weren't getting the best, you know, recognition rush on play action passes and stuff like that. And I think going back to our basics helped us realize 
you know, some of the mistakes we were making during the other weeks that we didn't really have as much time to correct because we always had a game the next week. So with that bye week, it gave us an extra extra time to work on that stuff. And so far, I haven't seen much, you know, diverting back to how we used to play. So this week, I hope we can keep it up to the, to the standard that we've set during that week. Um, but the young guys are also buying in and they're also focusing a lot. So, you know, I'm not worried about them at all. If you do happen to pull off a win here, you go 2-0 and in Mountain West play. Do you guys still talk about, you know, looking at that that goal you set at the beginning of the, of the season where you want to win the conference championship? I mean, you you were just despite how the the non-conference season went, you you're sitting there and you have a chance to to play Utah State. Hawaii comes the week after that. There's some winnable stuff going on here. Do you guys still talk about and, and look towards that goal or do you just take things game by game? No, for sure. Even after Nevada which, and you can even say it's too soon, but even we were talking a lot about how good we can be. And I feel like that's a, that's great for us to talk about because we know how great we can be. We've shown it on tape. We've shown it like we've, we've all seen it. So, you know, it's definitely, we're definitely have those hopes. And even, even with that, um, that bad start, we still thought about that. We didn't get, we didn't have any um, in-conference games yet. So our goal was still, you know, conference champs. That's what we want to be. And we want to be a great team. So, you know, going into these next two games, we know that, you know, we have the opportunity to play very well. Um, but we're taking it one game at a time. And this Utah State game should be a, a great chance to show what we got. Well, last question for me, and this is a real hard-hitting one. How do you like the, the uni combos Friday night? I'm not going to lie. They told us the uni combo on maybe Thursday, I want to say, Wednesday or Thursday. And I was like, you know, I was shaking my head. I was like, Nevada's going blackout. We should go white out to match their blackout, you know, stuff like that. I was just like, I was kind of mentioning my old stuff to kind of like make it a more of a like a, you know, buy into that rivalry that we was doing. Yeah. <laughs> But no, when I when I put it on, I was like, whoa, I don't like this actually goes. Like I thought I thought the matchup was fire. They said they said they haven't really worn that in uh like some of the guys I talked to, they haven't worn that colorway in like their whole time there. So I don't know. Coach Norvell knew what he was doing because we 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 balled out in those in those unis. So those unis were our go-to back in the Sunny Lubick days when it was kind of our, yeah. our our glory days. So it was great to see them, and and you guys played great. So, um, yeah, yeah th those are nice. How what's uh, what's been your favorite so far? Uh, besides those, um, and you still got the state prides coming up next week. Yeah, we still got the state prides coming up. I love the Aggie Day, of course. That was like that was so cool to wear. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a waiting for other uniforms because I, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been in one in all of them yet. So, you know, but to, but for me, you know, the games that we win are ultimately going to be my favorite jerseys. So yeah, there we go. What we really wear, you feel me? So, so yeah. So definitely. ten more, ten more uniform combos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, brother. Well, uh, really enjoyed the conversation again. Appreciate you spending your time with us and uh, hashing things out. And congrats again on the win. Let's go get another one on Saturday. It'll be a great homecoming day. Yes, sir.
And where where are you guys gonna be during the rand walk? I wanna I wanna uh say Wait, what's up so, to you guys. We're right so where that the bus RV drops you off. That RV that is, is right where the bus drops off. That's where we'll be at. For sure. I'm gonna be looking out for you guys. We'll come right, we'll, I'll, come, I'll come, we'll come over where you guys get off. Yeah, we'll come All over right, for sure. Yep. All right, pal. Yep, can't wait. Can't wait for this weekend, bud. Good luck. All right, fellas. Appreciate that. Thanks, CJ. Yes, sir. All right, that was our guest, CJ Onyechi. So proud to have him as our NIL partner. Appreciate having him. Appreciate you all for listening. Hey, it's homecoming. Let's go start a winning streak. It's always a great day at camp. It's always a great day on campus. It is going to be pretty special on Saturday. Hopefully, we can go 2-0 in conference play and string together something we can all get excited about. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy homecoming. Go Rams. We'll talk to you next week.